In a world where chronic DVD and Blu-ray acquisition disorder runs amok, Colin faces a daunting task. With a collection of over 1,200 titles, can he bring himself to watch the 65 films that sit on his shelves, unwatched, unloved, and still under wraps? Hello and welcome to Still Under Wraps. My name is Colin and with me as always is my fellow film watcher, compadre and son, Thomas. Hi, hello. I wasn't going to say that. I was going to pretend that Thomas wasn't here. We actually recorded that bit, but it uh, went straight to the cutting room floor. Yes. It was pretty it's rubbish. It's, it's over there writhing as we speak. Writhing and, and making weird noises, which you can probably hear. It sounds very much like an air conditioner unit a reverse cycle which is you know i think in a few moments it'll make a beeping sound will it yeah probably you're not going to turn it off oh i don't know i don't know uh i'm I'm worried we might get cold but you know it's running anyway at the moment so i mean writhing the writhing yes yes um just a little bit of background I collect DVDs and videos, and some of those DVDs and videos I still haven't got around to watching, and not just like haven't got around to watching the DVD or the Blu-ray, I haven't watched it at all, and so uh, those tend to be still wrapped up in their cellophane wrap, so we're trying to cut through that pile of DVDs and watch them. And Thomas has accepted the challenge of joining me in doing so and then helping me make a decision after watching as to whether we keep that DVD on the shelf. Mm. So tonight we're going to be watching a film that I've been quite looking forward to because I have seen other films in the genre. Mm. The genre being, Thomas... Wusha? Wusha. Wusha. I've heard people pronounce it waksa, but we'll trust that the Chinese translation that Wikipedia has thrown at us, Mm. it is wuxia. Mm. Uh, An interesting style, good fun, lots of blood and guts usually, Chinese blood and guts. Yes. So what is the film we're watching? We are watching Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Two master warriors are faced with their greatest challenge when the treasured Green Destiny sword is stolen. A young aristocrat prepares for an arranged marriage, but soon reveals her superior fighting talents and her deeply romantic past. As each warrior battles for justice, they come face to face with their worst enemy and the inescapable, enduring power of love. Special. Yes, all of the ingredients of a typical wuxia movie. There's love interests, there's lots of carefully choreographed fight scenes defying the laws of physics, usually. The only other example of the wuxia style of film that you may be familiar with is a very westernised version, and that is The Forbidden Kingdom, Mm. which does star Jet Li and Jackie Chan together, Mm. who are very famous for their influence in said style and within the Hong Kong Chinese film industry. 
Mm. So, but as I say, very westernised. Yes. But you also saw the example of evil beings floating in the air and mm. doing spectacular somersaults while wielding swords. Yes. So I don't want to spoil anything for you. I have not seen this film myself, obviously, since it's still under wraps. Mm. Um, but I believe that is what we're in for. So somersaults without... with swords. Sorry. Somersaults with swords. Somersaults with swords. That's not uh, the the filter. My mic filter is not filtering the sibilance, but somersaults with swords. Yes. Mm. So without any further ado, let's unwrap the Blu-ray. Yes. Yes, it is actually the Blu-ray version of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And in an apparent break with tradition, it is genuinely under wraps. Well and truly under wraps. Thomas is having great difficulty unwrapping said blu-ray gotta find the seams that's what you gotta do there's my top tip for the episode uh, find the seam find the seam there we go okay so without any further ado the blu-ray case is open it's going to go into the machine and we shall catch you on the flip side bye Well, I've just discovered that there is a Chinese Karen Carpenter. Right. Which probably doesn't mean a lot to you. But uh, that final song in the closing credits um, sounded very much like Karen Carpenter. And I got a bit teary. So right. that... <laughs> um, well, what did you think? Well, this is going to be interesting. Okay, so... Beautifully shot, really good choreography, I love the score, the percussion, really good. 
and I don't really care much for the story. No, it, it's interesting, isn't it? In fact, I found it interesting coming straight off after watching last week's mm. movie, which name... Which name Pathfinder. Uh, Pathfinder, yes. In a lot of ways, the context was the same in that it was battle after battle after conflict mm. after conflict. And yet, for me, it was a lot more layered than that. And it is the nature of the genre. It's almost as if it's the Chinese equivalent of a Western mashed up with mm. a superhero movie. Mm. So, so you've got those superhero elements. No one could be able to fight like that, to be no. able to fly like that, to be able to balance on trees like that. They have superhero qualities to them. And then Shakespearean tragedy, mm. all mixed in together, which does work. But you've mm. also got to accept all of those elements and be able to run with it. And mm. from from what I'm reading, you you found especially the Shakespearean tragedy side yeah. of things um, the hardest to run mm. with. Like, I understand and appreciate that this is a much better story than Pathfinder and, and well-deserving of praise for what it is, but I don't care much for it. Yep. And, look, I would really love to see what you think of the film Hero which is, again, the same genre. But I think it pulls together all of the elements uh, a lot better. It's a tight... Mm. I, I'm running off memory. It's a lot tighter film. This this was fairly loose um, mm. in its pacing and... Oh, I forgot to mention the comedic element. Mm. That That is, as a general rule, also a characteristic of the genre. Um, I, I'm no expert in it, but uh, the, the small experience that I, I have had of these films is all of these elements are mashed together and, and comedy is, is one. Um, mm. I know I caught myself chuckling yeah. on occasion. <laughs> you know, oh... And we should put this in here. This is a spoiler break, so if you don't want spoilers, then leave before this sound. This whole falling in love mm. over a fight about yeah. a, a hair comb, you know? Yes. <laughs> They're bitter enemies. This guy has stolen something from her and she wants it back. Yep. He won't give it back. He won't be bossed around. She won't be bossed around. They just played it really, really well, I thought, mm. in the comedy that was played throughout it. Even to the extent of almost breaking the fourth wall. Mm -hmm. It was a long movie. I yep. found it quite rewarding. Not Again, not as rewarding as Hero, for example. And, uh, you know, it's up to you as to whether you, you take that on. Mm. But I'm really glad that I finally got around to watching it. And it was different, entirely different to what I was expecting. Um, I've seen numerous segments from it and numerous trailers and what have you. And I guess I had completely different expectations in my mind as to what was going on. Oh, right. the, the other comedic element was <laughs> the picking of the weapons. Yeah. 
you know, the two women, strong women fighting mm. against each other and then picking up something that was too unwieldy to actually <laughs> use. <laughs> and the pub brawl, <laughs> that Western element where people are flying out windows and, again, it was played for laughs. Yeah. Which could be jarring, but they pulled it off very well. I'm getting the vibe that I enjoyed it a lot more than you, mm. um, but I think that's got more to do with I had more of an idea of what we were getting ourselves in for. Mm. And I fully respect that certainly the weakest part of the story would possibly be the melodrama. And it is melodrama and tragedy. Again, very stylistic and very characteristic of Mm. uh, the genre. I can fully understand why that did not work for you. That being said, if that section was taken away from it, there wouldn't be a story. No. Again, you've got themes of honour and and family and forbidden love and... Yeah. All right. Do you have anything else you wish to to add? I ended up making one note. Yes. Let it never be said that choreographing two people rolling down a sand dune is easy. No. Look... And I think that's where the contrast between last week's movie is, that everything was tightly choreographed. Every fight scene was choreographed. It was even done to music. Yeah. But it was beautiful to watch, and yet it was deadly to watch. Mm -hmm. None of it felt so choreographed that it didn't feel like a fight. Mm. You respected that choreography, but mm. you also felt that it was so tight that just one little slip-up and someone yeah. could get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> In contrast too, and th- this is something that really sprang to mind, is, and I think I've mentioned it to a few people, possibly my biggest pet hate of Last Jedi is the fight scene in Snoke's lair with the guys in the red doing their fancy fight work Mm. and the camera moves around and watches this guy do his move and everything in that was so obviously choreographed but in all the worst ways. Right. Watching this film tonight, I just wish, you know, if they had to have that scene, that's how it should have been choreographed. I don't know what it is about that scene in um, Last Jedi, but it just felt like swing to the left, swing to the right, parry, thrust, deflect, then burn with fire. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and... They had been practising it so much and each person had to get their little bit of screen time and Mm. each choreographed piece had to get the little piece of uh, screen time. And so it always felt like you would go from one bit to one bit to one Mm. bit that were all separate, whereas everything here just flowed, you know, is one solid piece of choreography, Mm. even almost to the extent where... The whole movie was just a single piece of choreography, Mm. apart from some fairly long talky bits near the beginning that uh, it was quite a slow start to begin with. Mm. They're my opinions. I think my favourite part of the film was um, the two lead adults. I can't remember what the character names are. No, it's... I should point out that we did watch with subtitles 
This film is notorious in its dubbing. The English dub, from all reports, is absolutely woeful. And in fact, the subtitles on the DVD, I believe, are fairly average as well. But I found them quite adequate. But recalling of names is somewhat difficult when you're Mm. reading subtitles and long names that you are not used to using in everyday Mm. terms. So there was no Murray or Douglas. Anyway, back to my favourite bit of the film. Sorry, yes. My favourite bit of the film is when the two lead adults are talking about how peaceful it is and then smash cut to very noisy pub. Yes. (laughs) Very noisy pub. Um, Yeah, it was a clever, smart movie. And again, that's another contrast between last week's Mm. horror. Yeah. Um, I would not like to have been the person, and I, I saw the, I think it was a complete company that was responsible for the wire removal mm, yes. post-production. What a nightmare that would have been, because all of the the aerial work was done, sorry, all but possibly the, that last bit with the dive into the... Mm. Uh, yes. <laughs> The clouds, which threw me a bit, but the aerial acrobatics were predominantly wire work. And, mm. and you could tell. Yeah. But again, that they're completely unashamed of that. Some of that, that wire work was just absolutely beautiful. You know, the, mm. just the touching of the feet on the water and, you know, the skimming a, a, across lakes and, and what have you. You have to completely suspend disbelief. Yes. At, at a different level to, say, you know, Avengers Endgame, mm. where it's a different set of disbelief you know that 99% of this is CGI yes whereas 99% of all the stuff that's defying physics is done with real people hanging from wires all right anything else you wish to add no no I think that's it fair enough file this one under good films I thought were okay and yes I think it was a good film I thought it was okay I think it certainly demands being left on the shelf. Mm. I feel a bit bad about having not seen it. Mm. But again, it's one of those that's uh, just been waiting. All right, so that's staying on the shelf. Yep. Okay, let's move on to our next segment. What's on the shelf? You know it's probably DVDs. So we need to uh, churn out. uh, How many have we got left to, to choose from? We've got ten. This segment is brought to you by Random.org, who do not sponsor this segment, but who are greatly appreciated. So the number that we've come up with is... Seven. Seven. And what is number seven on the list? Jeff suggests Children of the Corn. Is it on the shelf? Well, hang on. Just before we make these grand okay okay i feel that jeff is really feeling the spirit of this Mm. this challenge he has gone and picked a film that is fairly well known and yet i think he's challenging the oh will it or won't it be rather than 
yeah, I can guarantee that's going to be on the shelf. I'll get mm. the cheap points, okay? So he definitely, for making such an out-of-left-field type of guess, mm. I think he gets a decent multiply yes. for whatever score comes up, okay? So I'm almost tempted to give him a multiplier of three. Yep, three okay? seems reasonable. Children of the Corn, we're talking Stephen King right. here. So, uh, a well-known author, prolifically made into movies. Mm. But it's a genre that Jeff possibly taking a risk here in whether or not it's a popular genre in my library. So, Mm. okay, so we're giving it a multiplier of three. Thomas, have you seen Children of the Corn? No, no, I have not. Have you? No, I have not seen Children of the Corn. Is it on the shelf? It does leave that opportunity of him still getting a high score here if it's like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which has been sitting on the shelf here for such a long time. I mean... If if he had picked that and neither of us had seen it, as is the case, he would automatically... Get three, plus the bonus for it being a Blu-ray. Mm. But um, is is it on the shelf? Well, well, it was sort of a rhetorical question because I've got the spreadsheet right here and it does seem to say that it's not on the shelf, nor it, is it a Blu-ray. It is not on the shelf in DVD form, Blu-ray form or VHS form. We have neither seen it nor own it, Jeff. I, I am sorry. So three multiplied by zero gives us... Carry the three. Oh, I, I've done that maths before. Uh, hold on. Hang on. Is it? I think I think it might be zero. It's zero. Jeff gets a zero for that, which brings Jeff up to a grand total of because he has submitted something else, I believe, hasn't he? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, still on two point two. Two point two. Uh, well done, Jeff, and I do appreciate your uh, risk taking there. It could have paid off really well. But it didn't. No. No. Anyway, without further ado, let's move on and wrap things up here. Shake the phone and pick a film and then we'll watch the film next week. Okay, so I'm handing the phone over to Thomas who's going to give the phone a good shake. A good shake. Was the first shake better? (laughs) Okay, what have we got? Okay. We have got the 2012 film Lincoln, which I think might be a documentary. Now, we have actually been pulled up previously for putting the name documentary to a fictionalised account of right. a So, So what we should situation. be saying here is biopic, right? But yes, yes. Yes. I'm just trying to think of what the oh, social network yeah. was a biopic as well. So Lincoln, which is an awfully long film from my recollection. It is two and a half hours long. Okay, so it's half an hour longer than what we watched tonight. Yes. But it is Steven Spielberg, I believe. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. So we're in for some American history Mm -hmm. as opposed to Chinese mythology. Mm. Um, I don't know how much Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was based on. It was certainly based on a book, but Mm. the age of that book, I don't know. Lincoln is based on the life of 
Murray Lincoln, the famous yes. baseball player, mm. who scored very high run rate for the Red Sox. Mm. I think I'm getting the movie right, aren't I? Okay, so I'm going to have a go at reading the brief synopsis here mm. from legendary director Steven Spielberg. I'm going to have another try at reading this. From legendary director Steven Spielberg comes this acclaimed, exhilarating, long historical drama. Daniel Day-Lewis gives a memorable Oscar-winning, I should have got you to read this, performance as the profoundly influential American baseball player, American President Abraham Lincoln. During his final turbulent months in office, Lincoln strives to convince war-ravaged America's bitterly divided government to abolish slavery. With fierce, unstoppable courage, Lincoln inspires a decision that will change history forever. Also starring uh, Sally Field and Tommy Lee Jones in Oscar-nominated roles, Lincoln is a thrilling, award-winning film you will never forget unless you're a fan of baseball. Mm. If you'd like to watch uh, that before the episode goes out next week, uh, in Australia it's available on Netflix, in the US it is not. Okay. Anyway, thanks for joining us today. Mm. Uh, We hope you enjoyed the podcast. I certainly enjoyed the movie more than Thomas did. Mm -hmm. And on that note, we'll catch you next week. Bye. Anyway, without further ado, let's move on and wrap things up here. Uh, have Have you prepared the the selector Tron? No, no, no you haven't. Selector Tron. Saviour of the Universe? Okay, now you've given that a special zero, have you, on the spreadsheet scoring? I've, I've, I've moved it down in the spreadsheet ah, and put a line over it so that, we, uh, so that we know it's a real zero and not a fake zero that we've worked out in advance. Excellent.
Yeah.